Hello, and welcome to another episode of Crack Encrypted's and Curios. This is Matt, once again joined by Angel. And here we are, my friend, at the season finale of season four. We have learned a lot about you this season, from your improv team, the Milk Chuggers, to your Will You Be My Neighbor TikTok challenge, your hydration alternative known as Earth Juice that you're trying to get into production, and honestly, others I can't even remember anymore. As we wind down and get closer to the end of this year, I'd be remiss if we did not mention your plans for after this season. This has even been hidden from me for the most part. All I know is that involves four things. The word corn, turnstile, molar, and wood. (laughs) Yep. What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was going to keep it secret, but since you outed me, I'm sure you're familiar uh, with my kind of sort of religion that i'm in you know the corn cobbler and all that stuff uh don't let him hear you say that kind of sort of religion <laughs> well i mean some people might use a c word but i'm i do not uh <laughs> agreed to that my plan is to tie a string to people's molars oh jeez to a turnstile made out of wood and it's a kind of a ceremony so as it turns it's gonna pull those molars out and then we replace those molars with corn kernels um so you're getting into the dental business yes a very archaic tooth removal and replacing with corn that's right and uh, what do you call this dentistry does it have a special name Uh, um, does it have a special name? Yes, it does. <laughs> so special, it's not even good. Escape your memory. <laughs> it's just, you know, I, I performed one of these recently as I was workshopping, and I was just, it just came back to me in my head, and just delightful the, the experience with the, uh, with the lad. <laughs> He was most appreciative, I think. Couldn't really tell. He was he had a mouthful of blood. I thought but, you meant you were, you were workshopping it with the with the milk chuggers. <laughs> the name is, is simply uh Cornistry. Cornistry? Cornistry, you know like Cornistry? Yeah. Dentistry but with corn. Yes. What's I suppose the the overall goal with the replacing of molars with corn kernels? Like, what's what's the deal? Oh, to be closer to the corn cobbler. Can one with corn teeth eat more corn? Yes. Is there something that somebody with corn teeth should avoid eating? Yes, actually, you don't want to eat anything that is of lime nature i'm gonna just say hard in general (laughs) stick stick to a liquid diet no no you could totally munch on things i don't know what you're thinking of i think lime is alkali alkaline i yeah it's alkaline so avoid any alkaline foods uh does does your earth juice have alkaline elements in it 
That's neither here nor there. <laughs> so maybe we shouldn't m- uh, mix the two together. No, just no. To be safe. This is yeah. strictly a religious purposes. Um, mm-hmm. If you're a member of this religion, you you can't just you can't drink earth juice. Period. In fact, I I believe we uh, encourage our followers to not drink any water, but it, it's it's proven to be difficult. Oh, well, we'll see how coming uh, next season how this all pans out. It's um, oof, no no drinking at all. Gonna be gonna be shredded in a few weeks. <laughs> Losing that water weight. So, Angel, if you can remember back to season one, and I hope you can because I am positive I cannot, one of the main ideas of our show was to rank mysterious creatures. I I don't know if we've done that, but (laughs) at least in that season, everything was fine and dandy. And at the conclusion of season one, I think we both felt we had some good rankings. Some good heartfelt rankings we're positive of of where we're at then episode one of season two came into the universe we beckoned it into the universe since then we have had an albatross around our necks a plump jolly red-cheeked albatross named santa claus who received from our perfectly splendid rubric of power a score of 18.5 out of a possible 20 points since then No one has even come close to kneecapping Santa from the top of the mountain. What are your memories of the Santa episode? Oh, uh, I I do remember gold bricks being thrown into windows. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I remember children being uh, pickled in a barrel and Santa Claus came and like beat up the the guy that did it and resurrected the children. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I think that's all I remember, really. <laughs> it's such a, a vivid memory. Like, everything else is is uh, overshadowed by this. <laughs> well, this episode, we may just have found a suitable opponent for Santa. Someone who can go toe-to-toe with that big red menace. Someone who can beat him in his own game. Someone who, as the idiom goes, Angel is his better half. I am, of course, speaking of that angel in her own right, Mrs. Claus. And let's get straight to the elephant in the room, angel. Is it not degrading to this poor woman to be simply known as Mrs. Claus? Yes. Uh, <laughs> nobody seems to know her her real name. It's just, it's just she's, <laughs> she's Mrs. Mrs. Claus. Claus. Yeah. She's the one who's married to Santa. Good good for you. You married Santa. The end. That's the end of our episode. Yep. Let's get to the rankings. It's like the, the headlines that deal with something like the wife of a famous person does something important. And then the accompanying picture is just the famous person and not even the <laughs> their spouse. It's yep. like, what the hell's going on? Is, is there anyone else you can think of uh, that is like Mrs. Claus in that... They are only known because of who their spouse is. You know, I, I'm i sure there are, and I can't think of anyone right now. Even but... with all of your, your stacks of People magazine? <laughs> I remember that now. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I have stacks of them doesn't mean I remember that. That's why I keep them. <laughs> I thought you studied them nightly. <laughs> Get all your gossip. I try to memorize the facts, but it just slips my mind. 
I mean, something you said earlier made me think, like, even even everyone knows Adam's wife's name, Eve. Eve. <laughs> like, why does it say Mrs. Claus? What is her name? What's going on? Yeah. So that even, like, makes me think, do you recall any specific point in time that the idea of Mrs. Claus came into your life? Like, was it at the same time as Santa or it was... Was she lagging behind a few years later? Uh, <laughs> you know, it's weird because the more I think about it, the more I feel like she just injected herself into my memories. Because I don't remember anyone ever talking about Mrs. Claus until maybe probably uh, television. The suggestion that he was always uh, married or something. Yeah, I can't recall a an instance where... Like, as a child, it never said, like, the present was from Santa and Mrs. Claus. It was always just said the present was from Santa. Yeah. What's up with that? <laughs> I, I expect now that all presents should say from the clauses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I I suppose it, it was probably some, I can't remember who makes them, but those stop animation, like, clay uh, figures. Those like the snowman one, and there's a Santa Claus one and reindeer one. I imagine one of those maybe had Mrs. Claus in it. That might have been my first instance of seeing Mrs. Claus, but I don't have a specific memory of like, wow, who's Mrs. Claus? She's just sort of in my memory. <laughs> yeah, apparently she's in, in one called Santa Claus is Coming to Town. One of those stop animation ones? Yeah. I was able to find a good housekeeping magazine from the year 1879, because everything good in print comes from the 1800s, which gives us one of the very first detailed accounts of Mrs. Claus. It states, She was dressed for traveling and for cold weather. Her hood was large and round and red, but not smooth. It was corrugated. That is to say, it consisted of a series of rolls nearly as large as my arm passing over her head sideways, growing smaller toward the back until they terminated in a big button that was embellished with a knot of green ribbon. Its general appearance was not unlike that of the familiar pictorial beehive, except that the rolls were not arranged spirally. The broad white ruffle of her lace cap projected several inches beyond the front of the hood and waved back and forth like the single leaves of a great white poppy, and she nodded emphatically in her discourse. That's a hell of a hood, isn't it? I mean, I know more about the hood than what than what she looks like. <laughs> I know, right? I, I don't think I've ever seen a hood so finely detailed in, in written word before. The descriptions continue... Her outer garment was a bright-colored plaid worsted cloak reaching to within about six inches of the floor. Its size was most voluminous, but its fashion was extremely simple. It had a wide yoke across the shoulders into which the broad, plain breaths were gathered, and, it's, and it was fastened at the throat by a huge, ornated brass hook and eye, from which hung a short chain of round, twisted links. Her right arm protruded through a vertical slit at the side of the cloak, and she held in her hand a sheet of paper covered with figures. The left arm, on which she carried a large basket or bag, I couldn't tell which, was hidden by the ample folds of the garment. Her countenance was... <laughs> Her countenance was keen and nervous, but benignant 
and benignant meaning kindly. I had to look that word up because I'd never seen it before. So with that description, what do you make of the Lady of Claws? All I know is that she's a bunch of clothing. <laughs> she's just a, a, a forward-moving mound of cloth. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea what she actually looks like. She's got vertical slits that her hands can go through out of her cloak. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and she carries a large basket or bag. Uh, he <laughs> he has all the description of the hood, but it doesn't know. It doesn't know if it's a basket or bag. <laughs> she's got a bag, and she's got a, a somewhat red hood. Like, is this little red riding hood all grown up? Uh, I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't tell because I can't see the face. <laughs> nope, she's shrouded in shadow. <laughs> Those that see the face of Lady Claus never return. <laughs> the article this comes from is all about an architect's model kitchen where Mrs. Claus basically just shows up at midnight in this guy's house to yell at him about how she knows what the perfect kitchen needs. Like some sort of hellish alternative reality version of one of the three spirits who haunt Ebenezer Scrooge. The narrator in the article describes Mrs. Claus as if there is a patron saint who presides of the day which the nation devotes to feasting and giving thanks as Santa Claus presides over the Christmas holidays. And if he has a wife, which of course he must have, or he can't be much of a saint, then this was the person who stood before me. So what's with the shade being thrown at Santa, as the younglings say, Angel, about uh, he ain't much of a saint if he isn't married? I mean, I guess this is less about Santa and more about how the idea that if you're seen with uh, somebody from the opposite sex and you're not married to them, it's considered scandalous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it it caught my eye and I had to I had to search for it. I found a 2015 article from CNN called "Hey Pope Francis, Where Are All the Married Saints," which <laughs> states. Of more than 10,000 formerly recognized saints, only about 500 have been married, even though many billions of married people have roamed the earth over the centuries, is what the article states. So, like, why is good housekeeping coming out swinging at Santa? Maybe maybe Santa has been uh, taking too much credit all those years up until that magazine mm-hmm. article, and then they're mm-hmm. like, no, we need to uh, show them that there's for every uh, great man stands an even greater woman. (laughs) And in 1879, Good Housekeeping said, enough's enough. (laughs) So the the article, the Good Housekeeping article continues on with Mrs. Claus telling the architect that since he is a man, he knows nothing about designing a good kitchen. (laughs) And indeed, that Santa is so effing dumb, he can't understand or just doesn't care about all the hard work and trouble it takes to make a good damn turkey, mince pies, plum puddings, or any other number of foodstuffs and have them all done at the same time for a big feast. Have you put on a huge feast, Angel? Um, no. Because I know what it takes. Yep. (laughs) To time it all out right? Yep. Mrs. Claus is just threw Santa under the bus there, just saying that. <laughs> yep. Uh, he he doesn't appreciate basically what she does in the kitchen for him. She and then reads off a list to the man of all the horrible things that happened in her own district. It says within the last twenty four hours, which I took the district as to be like the place where she resides, um, mm-hmm. like a greater district where she lives. 
I don't know what the hell that's supposed to mean, but the list included three dislocated hips occurred, seven chicken pies being turned to poison because they were not properly punctured, and even 18 kerosene explosions, amongst other things. Did you know Thanksgiving dinner could be so dangerous? I did not. And assuming you're right about her district being where she lives, does that mean that she's blaming this on Santa? Was Santa trying to cook? And and all these things happen. He dislocated his, his hip three times. I know. Just pops it back into place. Got presents to carry. Damn it. He's, he's like, I can figure out how to deliver gifts to all the children in the world in one night, but I can't do this damn cooking thing. I don't, I don't know why, but when he started saying that, I pictured Santa being like a drunk and going out to like, I gotta, I, I gotta deliver these presents. I was channeling Tim uh, Allen. <laughs> Uh, the the way that it's sort of presented in the uh, articles that Mrs. Claus like has the way that kitchens are designed by men is that they're dangerous, <laughs> and that she is here to lay the smackdown on them to say this is how you design one so that people don't get hurt, uh, making these huge fees for men who don't like give them respect for doing it and attempting to do it. The overall article makes Mrs. Claus look pretty badass. She keeps telling the guy not to interrupt her so she can keep berating him about how unsafe kitchens are. And basically, uh, the kitchens aren't safe because they're made by people who don't use them, so they don't know what they're doing. What do you think of Mrs. Claus being some sort of vigilante who breaks into kitchen architects' homes and yells at them that they don't know shit about designing kitchens? I think... I think... I feel like this should be the image that Mrs. Claus should be known for. I actually like the idea of her going to, you know, every, instead of uh, coming down the chimney every night to eat cookies and put gifts under the tree, you have a woman that just breaks into people's houses, specifically people who design <laughs> kitchens, and just yelling at them for not knowing how to design proper kitchens. Uh, just a rough and tumble woman who no nonsense. She's like, sit down and shut up. I have a list here. There have been 18 kerosene explosions because you bastards can't design a kitchen. Just in my district alone. <laughs> On top of that, do you know what kitchen architects always forget in their plans? Nope. Cotton Eye Joe's razor, the axiom that states if Mrs. Claus comes from somewhere, she must therefore go somewhere. So where did Mrs. Claus come from? In order to fully understand Mrs. Claus, we must observe her in her natural habitat, Angel. We must go to the North Pole disguised, I think, as elves and take notes. We must be incognito or face the ire of Mrs. Claus. What are the top five things we need to be disguised as North Pole elves? Okay, so number five. We're going to need a green outfit. That's just standard elf wear what what type of material though like i I picture velvety yeah that mm -hmm. <laughs> whatever that look is mm -hmm. some crushed velvet whatever uh will ferrell wears in the movie elf <laughs> it's more it looks this looks more like felt or something <laughs> like that um number four <clears throat> this is uh something that's uh not uh is overlooked quite often a helium tank Oh, I see. To get our voices very mm -hmm. high. Yeah, you want to sound like you're an elf. And it's 
I have good source. Good source told me that elves have high-pitched voices. Uh, number three, you gotta have some sort of skill in making gifts. Like, you just have to be able to do that. Well, you're covered with all of your hobbies. <laughs> I, th- I think there's one where you uh, make dirt into round balls. Well, I, I can use that skill and then and do the same thing, but with snow. <laughs> oh, mix, uh, perfectly spherical snowballs. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. I'm sure nobody else has done it. Nope. Number two, Krakows. No. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, you may not know them as Krakows. These are curled toed shoes. Oh, pointy, pointy shoes. That's right. Classic L4 once again. The fashion started in, in Poland or around that area anyway. Mm-hmm. So. Do, we need, do we need bells on the tips? Yes. That, oh, that's not optional. <laughs> it's not optional no okay. if uh you need the you need the uh, polar express bear uh bell if it jingles if you can hear the jingle that means you still believe in santa Ooh, that's like a a way to weed out the the ones that shouldn't be there anymore yep <laughs> your, your bells don't jingle anymore you get the you get the guillotine <laughs> and then finally uh the height of a polar bear do we have to do it ourselves? Kill one and skin it? Uh, I don't know how. It's just have one ready. What, why is that the number one item? Because you need to hide in the snow. Come on. You think that green <laughs> outfit doesn't stick out like a <laughs> sore thumb? Uh, I guess so. <laughs> uh, just run there as a polar bear. I, and I, for some reason, imagine we're walking there. I don't know why. <laughs> yup. <laughs> All the different transportation methods that we we walk to the North Pole. Just trekking the long journey. <laughs> Too bad. Too bad they never took Abraham Lincoln's body to the North Pole. We could have just in April hopped on on and on the ghost railways. <laughs> so with those five items that are very much needed, are you ready? Get up, get up. Well, am I ready now for the revolution? I say yes. The hell's that from? <laughs> it's disturbed called Are You Ready? That was like from Hamilton or something. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly the first known written account of a Mrs. Claus comes from James Rees' 1849 short story, A Christmas Legend. It is a wildly weird story about this family who pretty much hate Christmas because their daughter disappeared years ago and it just pains them to even think about it now. Eventually, in the story, two elderly travelers show up their house and are thought to be Santa and his wife. Turns out, it was all a ruse and it was just the long-lost daughter grown up and in disguise with her husband as several years prior, they had decided to just move to England and not tell anybody. Uh, hmm. Overall, this is a kind of bogus first introduction to Mrs. Claus, right? She wasn't even Mrs. Claus. I have I have a problem with the story. I have many. <laughs> the, the family lose their daughter? Yeah, she just sort of left. I think they thought maybe she died. It was kind of, it was I'm, a hard read. And then she comes back as an elderly couple with this 
but they're in disguise in, like to make them look old it, it oh, makes it sound like th- they were like they had were makeup old. on no they had makeup on and yeah okay so so then then the, i guess my other my my new question is why did a daughter leave and then it's like surprise they come back after all these mm-hmm. years <laughs> at the end of it there's like this um sort of description like <laughs> epilogue i guess and it sort of describes that uh once they uh moved away and started their own family they started to think oh like they became nostalgic of um of her family and she missed them so like after after his family died and he inherited money they they moved back (laughs) it was really bizarre did they not know of the post like what well, apparently she tried to send a uh, oh postcard, God. but it got lost in the mail. It's oh it's God. a whole to do. Oh That's absurd. Just all the wrong things happened. Um, it was yep. It was a series of unfortunate events. <laughs> in comparison, the 1889 poem by Catherine Lee Bates, "Goody Santa Claus on a Sleigh Ride," absolutely nukes a Christmas legend in showing Mrs. Claus as a force to be reckoned with. Similar to the Good Housekeeper article, this poem shows Mrs. Claus doesn't take shit from anyone, even Santa himself. Basically, all she wants for Christmas is to go with her husband and deliver presents, and he just is a big dick and says no. (laughs) The poem nearly starts off with the roasting of Santa by Mrs. Claus, where it states... You just sit here and grow chubby off the goodies in my cubby from December to December till your white beard sweeps your knees. For you must allow, my good man, that you're but a lazy woodman and rely on me to foster all our fruitful Christmas trees. What do you make of Mrs. Claus here, Angel? Sounds like the stereotypical nagging wife. And and this is like a sitcom family. This is like uh, the honeymooners. You got Jackie mm-hmm. Gleason and... <laughs> Apparently that, that that trope goes back to 1889 at least. <laughs> Santa Santa started the trope. <laughs> Go down the rabbit hole on tvtropes.com or whatever it is and find Santa in the 1800s as the, the root the root of all tropes. Yep. Uh, she continues on basically naming all the things she does that Santa doesn't notice and even throws in Santa, wouldn't it be pleasant to surprise me with a present? Why is Santa such a jackass? He doesn't give his own wife presents? His policy is strictly children. <laughs> He's like, Mrs. Claus, because he doesn't even know her first name. Uh, he says, you're, you're too old. You aged out. You aged Don't get any more out. presents. You stopped getting presents from me years ago. I, I imagine in the banter back and forth, he just always says he's going to give her coal. And then she stops asking because the, the joke has grown old. <laughs> I don't know if you heard my joke earlier. Kind of implied Santa. What? I said uh, that he stopped giving her presents years ago. Because she was a child. (laughs) Mrs. Claus then drops this tidbit of lore. Think how hard my extra work is tending the Thanksgiving turkeys and our flocks of rainbow chickens, those that lay the Easter eggs. Mrs. Claus is in charge of Easter eggs. 
Did you know this? No, I was always told it was a bunny. Is Mrs. Claus so humble? She just lets the the bunny take this from her? <laughs> or, or is she the bunny? <laughs> or is the bu- Easter bunny a minion of Mrs. Claus? She has <laughs> delegated that power to a lesser being. <laughs> so... If if the chickens are laying Easter eggs, why is Ram- the bunny rainbow in chickens. charge? The rainbow chickens. Rainbow chickens. <laughs> why is the bunny in charge? Why not a chicken? A rainbow chicken. Like a huge, like 700 pound rainbow chicken hen. <laughs> <laughs> Just pecks at things. Protects its its, its Easter eggs, but you ha- the goal is to get the, the mega rainbow chicken's eggs. <laughs> uh, that's the Easter egg hunt I want. <laughs> Mrs. Claus is in the background, like uh, Mr. Burns doing like the Mr. Burns fingers. And (laughs) she just says the plan is working. What if if those eggs have something in them? And that's why she has these rainbow chickens lay them. And the goal is to have the children eat the eggs, but... Or at least crack them open to find stuff inside. Yeah. Um, do you think they have toys in them? Toys, maybe? She's trying to subvert uh, Santa. <laughs> yep. She's like, <laughs> I do all this work, and then I got the toys at Easter, too, you stupid <laughs> bastard. <laughs> you lazy woodsman. <laughs> she also drops some more backstory. She says, I fetched my snowflake bonnet with the sunrise ribbons on it. I've not worn it since we fled from Fairyland our wedding day. How we sped through iceberg porches with the northern lights for torches. You were young and slender, Santa, and we had this very sleigh. By my interpretation, Angel, Mrs. Claus has been to Fairyland and presumably something occurred on their wedding day that they were forced to flee. Was it... Their, their marriage that caused this or something more? What do you think happened that made them both flee fairyland? I think it might have been uh, Mrs. Claus's rapping skills. <laughs> she, she was she, laying down some bars. Yeah. <laughs> they said, oh, that's too magical. And they're like, we gotta go. <laughs> Punch my mic. Um... <laughs> Yeah, she. Uh, I lost my train of thought now. <laughs> um, she says, "I fetched my snowflake bonnet with the sunrise ribbons on it." <laughs> I imagine, you know, what else is in Fairyland? The brownies. Other oh. thing that they hate, wrapping. <laughs> they all turn to boggarts, and they're we're like, "Oh shit, we gotta flee." <laughs> She is able to convince Santa that she is worthy of going. And then Santa proves to once again be a major dick. (laughs) Mrs. Claus is watching her husband deliver gifts to various children. And he passes over a poor girl and her poet father who have fallen on some hard times. So what does she do in response? She freaking leaves the girl a sash made of sunlight and the father a fallen star to use as a light so he can write his poems at night angel she then leaves them a music box made out of rain so santa is leaving like wooden soldiers and mrs claus is dropping legendary objects 
where did she get these things? Are they the artifacts of Fairyland? <laughs> Is that why they fled? <laughs> she she stole she stole from Fairyland. She's been stealing. <laughs> what I want to know is like what like did this? I feel like Santa got married, and then he you know as the story goes he let himself go his principles his everything <laughs> right. He was known for helping out all the kids, and now he's just passing over these poor folks like whatever. His wife's there to be like no 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 we can't have that. Let me give him some magic yeah. raindrops. If. <laughs> If she didn't go on this on this gift giving time this year, that girl would not have gotten anything. Cause Santa was like, "Uh, nothing for you, girl. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're a poor poet. <laughs> yeah. Screw your dad. He needs to write better poems. <laughs> and maybe next year I'll visit." Ah. <sighs> uh, there is another instance where Santa is unable to give an orphan a gift because the. The child's stocking has a hole in the bottom of it, so any gift would simply fall out. Santa's apparently like, tough shit, kid. Hope you have better luck next year and doesn't give him anything. <laughs> Mrs. Claus then has to come in and save the day, Angel, by using an icicle as a needle and a moonbeam as a thread to mend the damn stocking. And and what do you think she puts in it? A badass toy, I imagine. <laughs> She says, then I tucked a paint box in it. Twas no easy task to win it from the artist of the autumn leaves and frost fruits, white and sweet. Angel, she gave this kid the paints used to paint all the leaves in autumn. Why are Mrs. Claus gifts infinitely better? <laughs> Why isn't she giving me my gifts is what I want to know. Forget Santa Claus. I want Mrs. Claus go around every uh christmas night and i want to know how she won it from the artist of the autumn leaves <laughs> she won his paint box i feel like she's she was uh the go-getter back in fairyland days mm -hmm. she was a person that everyone went to to get stuff and and she know who to go to get other information that's how she acquired all these uh trinkets and baubles <laughs> Curios, even uh, the what are the frost fruits? White and sweet. What the hell's a frost fruit? Oh, if you don't know what the frost fruit is, <laughs> uh, <laughs> screw me. Just like Santa screwed that kid. <laughs> uh, how about you think uh, her mending skills of an icicle and the last thread of moonbeam? I think that's amazing, first of all. She just plucks a moonbeam out of the sky and th and threads a sock with it? I, I, You know what? I think I'm more fascinated by the mundane. It's like, I don't have a needle. Let me just make it out of an icicle. <laughs> just I'm like crack this icicle off the <laughs> rooftop, which we have previously talked about. Don't eat them. <laughs> yep. But I'm sure if, if Mrs. Claus handles it, it it'll be fine. Do you think if she touches it, it turns the water to purified water? It turns it to earth juice. Oh. Is she the, is she the original earth juice mother? You know what? You know how Coca-Cola every year, they, they Christmas time, <laughs> they got stuff. Earth juice is going to have Mrs. Claus <laughs> on it. That's going to put it on the map. Uh-huh. He found your marketing device. <laughs> Perfect. Earth juice is back on the menu. <laughs> One more time. So, with some idea of where she came from, where 
has Mrs. Claus gone? For better or worse, for the way that she is treated, she is still doing all the heavy lifting for Santa year by year. With that being said, Angel, I want to share a portion of a book I found. It is titled How Mrs. Claus Saved Christmas and is by Jeff Gwynn. And there are several stories titled this one, but this one's uh, a newer book. And do you remember that fairy book from the 1800s that made me question <laughs> Reality Angel? I think it was mm-hmm. in, the, in the brownie episode. Yeah. Well, I think I have fallen deeper out of reality in some sort of hellish inception right now. It starts off with Santa talking about life in the North Pole. And he drops this tidbit. I explained in a book, I being Santa, I explained in a book I wrote about my life that there is a fair share of magic in what we do, but there's plenty of hard work too. Everyone living here in the North Pole, and there are hundreds of us, is kept very busy from the time we gather for breakfast each morning until some well-deserved relations and fellowship relations (laughs) well-deserved relations and fellowship until it's time to go to bed designed by the great leonardo da vinci our north pole home is a complex series of buildings and tunnels mostly underneath the snow so that no one in planes flying overhead will notice us so we have leonardo da vinci name dropped (laughs) and then it descends more into madness as at night, Santa, Mrs. Claus, and what he calls their old companions gather to watch movies. The old companions are those who have been with him for a long time to give joy over the holiday season. Angel, firmly grab onto your butt cheeks and hold on. The old companions include a man named Felix, a Roman slave, the first of the companions, Attila the Hun and his wife. We then have King Arthur, Sir Francis of Assisi, Leonardo da Vinci, Benjamin Franklin, Teddy frickin' Roosevelt, Amelia Earhart, and cowboy Bill Pickett. What the hell is going on? There's so much going on, really. First of all, they're hanging out with all these supposed people. Including Leonardo da Vinci, who designed their home. He designed the North Pole compound. And so, what? What was? What were the home like before Leonardo da Vinci? <laughs> like garbage, <laughs> absolute trash. Are they? Does this mean that these guys are immortal too? They have to be. Felix is a Roman slave. Why Attila, t- Attila the Hun's there and is with his wife. Is- Just one wife. <laughs> Why these people, though? This The person who wrote this has to have a reason. Like, why Teddy Roosevelt? Why King Arthur? <laughs> <laughs> which uh, which means, why possibly, Santa and Mrs. Claus know Merlin. Oh, my God. They, that, is Santa Claus Merlin? <laughs> <laughs> He's been replaced. Did Merlin kill him? And he, uh, that's the Santa Claus? And um, Amelia Earhart? <laughs> just just throw her in there, why just not? Just throw her in there. <laughs> Random. I mean, she's not dead, she's in the North Pole, uh, helping with the with, holiday season. She's, she's hanging out with Attila the Hun's wife. 
It's Sam Francis of a sissy. <laughs> Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> I can't imagine. Like, you go to the North Pole and then you come back and people are like, hey, so how was the visit to the North Pole? <laughs> oh, you know, I was chilling with Santa and, and Ben Franklin. They're like, what? You know, his, his home that was designed by Da Vinci himself, who was also there hanging out. And I got to talk to him about his, uh, you know, his, his artwork and stuff. It's like, yep. what's going on here? Well, you know, Amelia Earhart, you know, she's giving me some pilot. It's like, you're crazy. You're just crazy now. You just sound like a crazy person. Oh, went on a big game hunt with Teddy Roosevelt. We bagged 17 polar bears and, and two narwhals. <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt, my God. <laughs> and he was replaced on the, on the Mount Rushmore. By... One of the cryptids, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't remember which one now. It was uh, the, the Chupacabra. <laughs> it wasn't specifically specifically in Teddy Roosevelt's space. <laughs> oh, no. And so this book, it then details some major things Mrs. Claus has done such as being married to Santa for 16 centuries, being the one who in the year one, uh, 1100 told Santa they should be giving toys instead of food because the food would soon be gone, but toys would be lasting reminders that someone cared enough for them to bring gifts. And then alludes to a time that in the 1640s, she saved Christmas. <laughs> What do you make of these accomplishments, Angel? Okay, so first of all, I would gladly take food over gifts any day. <laughs> what was she thinking? And and before she gave the fr- uh, the the frost fruits, <laughs> yeah, she was giving out sweet and whatever m- magic paint boxes and <laughs> and music boxes made out of rain and a sash made of sunlight. And then I guess she ran out from all the stuff she stole, and she's like, "Oh, Santa, just just make them gifts." She's like, oh, no, I gave away all the Fairyland artifacts <laughs> in one night. <laughs> and and so, yeah, so that was a, a big fail on that. It's like, stick to food. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing was, like, how does she save Christmas? Like, you're just going to mention that and not tell us what it was? Oh, that's that's the rest of the book. Um, <laughs> it, it gets into dealing with Oliver Cromwell. And him banning Christmas in England? Uh, at, at that point, I couldn't continue anymore. Uh, I I will leave it up to anybody else out there to continue on with the story. But, um, like, her, her and King Arthur and some uh, maybe Teddy go to England in the 1600s, I think. I don't know. It, it was. I'm not sure if they were time traveling or not. <laughs> they just traveled to England. <laughs> Oh well, there is a. Uh, I almost forgot. There is a a secret toy factory in London that belongs to Santa, that they were going to. I don't know if the idea is that they are made locally, so it's easier to disperse them. I don't know. So does he make toys in the North Pole and in 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 England? In, in London's a, a secret one. Maybe <laughs> he has them stashed in all major cities. Ports. <laughs> it's a toy. So why does he make toys at the North Pole if he could just go to every major city and get the toys from the toy place? Maybe that's where they do the, like the blueprints. 
the, 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 the prototypes. prototypes. Yep. <laughs> and then they send the, the final send designs out. <laughs> this is what you guys are going to be designing. Go. Mm-hmm. The best of the best, including Ben Franklin, are up there in the North Pole designing I with think, Leonardo da Vinci I, as I the head this, elf. This was Mrs. Claus's plan. She supposedly made the switch from toys to food because... Their lasting reminders that someone cared. Now that's that's marketing propaganda. Her re- real reason is business re- reasons. <laughs> you can't give out food. It's not sustainable, and everyone in the world's gonna eat different food. You'd have to cater mm-hmm. to each of their uh, tastes. But Allergies. Toys. Toys. You don't. You just make one toy, and everyone wants it. Yep. Make ten billion wooden soldiers. You just got ten billion gifts you can hand out. <laughs> <laughs> So she's she's just a savvy businesswoman. Well, then we get the big one, Angel. Mrs. Claus's first name. And that name is Layla. Is that the name you expected? Layla? Layla. Um, I I didn't know what I expected, but it wasn't (laughs) Layla. Well, there it is. (laughs) Pretty anticlimactic. Anything else you wanted to add? Well, according to this, I don't know if you mentioned the the Mystic Investigations website back in season one or something. I think somewhere but along the way we must have. But it's back, and it's Christmas time. <laughs> Apparently, there's a Mystic Christmas addendum, uh, its own website that is related to the Mystic Investigations, that has their own... Um, lore for santa and mrs claus and all these fun things and there's even an anti-claus don't know what that's about it's like reverse ghost but not really well that's where the reverse ghosting came from was that site yep Mm -hmm. (laughs) so mrs claus's first name in that website is holly um which is interesting because on the wikipedia page there's a link to santa claus's daughter who happens to also be named Holly. And so he what just, if, he just loves that name. <laughs> what if Santa Claus's wife, Mrs. Claus, is a creation of the elves? Oh god. And, and Santa because they're toys, they're not for some reason they they have all these magics, but Toys don't last long. Every toy I've gotten from supposedly Santa Claus just breaks down eventually, right? Wear and tear. So mm-hmm. Mrs. Claus has wear and tear. So what if she breaks down so the, the elves have to make another Mrs. Claus toy? Uh, uh, whatever. Android, whatever you want to call it. So, but because they have some sort of magic in it maybe it's a semi-organic so they they have to make them like young and then she grows older so when she's young she just pretends to be santa's daughter holly and then when she grows up santa marries her again does does he like forget that he had a daughter of course he's immortal he can't remember all that and then gets she gets replaced with a new one (laughs) feels like a black mirror episode for santa claus (laughs) See, like being fooled by the elves to perpetually be Santa Claus and live on? Well, <laughs> I did find a website that dis- that discusses specifically the movie 
the Santa Claus to Mrs. Claus, in which why is uh, the question being of what happened to Mrs. Claus in the first movie? And it goes on to talk about, uh, throw out uh, some theories as to what could have been the case. One of them is that maybe um, um, the elves are evil and they lure humans to be the, the to become the couple so why not why can't the elves be uh, orchestrating everything another another theory uh, from that website says that maybe mrs claus uh when santa dies she turns into krampus and deals with the children's souls i don't i don't, I don't really i didn't <laughs> see this movie so <laughs> that one it should become like a feral Mrs. Claus and <laughs> runs out into the wilderness to, to try to survive feeding off of elves. So the new Santa Claus has to find a wife. Does yeah. that mean that means in this world of the movies of the Santa Claus movies, that means that this are there are many Krampuses. It's not <laughs> the Krampus. It's a Krampus. Um. Yeah, there's if the second movie goes on. That's a part of an unknown, unbeknownst clause to Tim Allen's character, Calvin. I think uh, what is his name? Doesn't matter. It, his initials are SC. Ha- to continue on being Santa Claus, he has to get married, and I think he only has a very short amount of time to get married too. And it's a just a series of laughs to follow. <laughs> Okay, before we move on, does does the clause? I never thought about this before, but does the clause only work with people who have initials SC? I guess it just lucked out. <laughs> S Slenderman. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> so if Slenderman, because the Slenderman clause killed Santa Claus and became the Slenderman clause, someone else then killed Slenderman clause, <laughs> they would become both Slenderman and Santa Claus. Yes. And then it would be forever entwined. So once uh, once every year, uh, one night at every year, there's a bean that goes around and gives gifts to all the children of the world for being good. And then all 364 days of the rest of the year, he's just going on being being a creep to children <laughs> and, and possibly living in a wall full of uh, made of human skin. Mm hmm. And Mrs. Claus is just out there trying to wrangle him in. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to hunt him. There you have it. We just added to the lore. Mrs. Claus, Slender Man Hunter. (laughs) Hunting her own husband. After after 16 centuries of marriage, she's got to do what she's got to do. Yep. So then why don't we jump into the... Rubric of power for Mrs. Layla Claus. Uh, how about then the powers of Mrs. Claus? I have to think about this. She, the one thing I gathered, if we ignore the Santa Claus movies, is that she is immortal. Mm-hmm. She equally has somehow the mantle of immortality that was only given to St. Nicholas for... <laughs> His his work in the, the Fey world, <laughs> um, maybe just by touching it you get immortal. I don't know. Maybe she touches it, but 
But then it goes back to, is the mantle a physical thing or just uh, <laughs> or a, a title? title. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so either way, she's immortal. I don't know if that's like, is that a good enough power to just be listed? If you're immortal, you're automatically amazing. Um, but then she always a- becomes a curse, though. Yeah. Uh, at least according to the stories, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but she also has, I guess, I don't know if she has magic, but she has magical items that she gave away as gifts. Um, Which I think would imply she has a supply of others. If she was willing to part with a sash of sunshine, <laughs> the musical box made of rain. <laughs> think of what else other She's cool able shit to thread. she has. She's able to thread things with icicles and moonbeams. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so she can do that. She's also in charge of the Easter eggs, apparently, and employs the Easter bunnies uh, as a as a minion to do. Yeah, without Mrs. Claus, we don't have Easter. Um, There's she, nothing uh, else related to Easter besides uh, the an eggs. important <laughs> thing that we have not brought up at all is even though Santa's immortal. He still has to eat. And who's cooking his food? Mrs. Claus. Mm-hmm. And she's the only one that knows how to make uh, work her way around these kitchens because they're dangerous, <laughs> especially because of the way they're designed. People breaking hips and kerosene explosions. My God. It's dangerous out there. So I don't know how to bat. Like, is this enough to make her powers like really good or is it just like good enough? I don't know. I just had to uh, just bring it down to like 2.5. Oh, we split the difference. Yeah. <sighs> the How Mrs. Claus Saved Christmas book indicated that, like you said there, she is equally immortal as Santa, but that also went on basically that all of the old companions are indeed. Uh, have pretty much gained the all of the powers of Santa Claus by being in proximity of him for so long. So she has all of the same powers of Santa, but she was also born with the uncanny understanding of numbers, which allows her to so effortless, effortlessly deal with the bookkeeping of the entire holiday season, their entire enterprise she controls in her books. So she has all of the same powers as Santa and more because of her numerological abilities. Think does of that mean? Does that mean that Ben Franklin, because he's hanging out with Santa, also gains his powers? Potentially. So, so is King Arthur. <laughs> Amelia Earhart. Yes. This is Santa Claus. God, I don't. Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> this is Santa Claus too. <laughs> This doesn't make sense. They are old companions. Why why has Santa like made a league of super friends <laughs> of historical figures? If they're the old companions, can we just call them the elder ones? Yes. <laughs> I think so. So because of the magnificence of Santa combined with Mrs. Claus's ability with numbers, her like Rain Man esque numbering, uh, I had to give her a four in powers. <laughs> How about detectability of Mrs. Claus? Presumably, 
we are only gonna be able to get glimpses of her during mm-hmm. around this time of the the holiday seasons. So even then, when we do see her, it's just people dressed up as her. Yeah. So potentially, potentially she might be one of those, but we won't wouldn't know because we'll just assume that's just somebody in in a costume. One one of her minions delegated out to or, her, be in her or, stead. Yeah, or it's one of her minions. So yeah, it's just I gave her a three in detectability. Yeah, I think whereas Santa is always getting uh, seen by people. Uh, or falling off of rooftops, and then some poor schmuck who killed him <laughs> has to become Santa. Uh, there are very few people actively trying to catch Mrs. Claus. I think you never you never hear of stories trying to trap Mrs. Claus. It's always you're trying to capture Santa, get a picture of him as he comes down the chimney and stuff like that. Yep. As we saw in one poem, Santa basically never lets her leave the North Pole compound since they fled the Fey World. We, we are not talking about enough about them fleeing the fair world. Um, uh, since she has the powers of Santa, I would think she also has the abilities to be stealthy like him as well. Because of that, I landed on a 3.85 for detectability. How about the lore of Mrs. Claus? I think the lore is actually the most interesting because I don't think there's much out there from the past but i think more and more people are becoming more interested in her character mm-hmm. and so we're getting more lore about mrs claus in in more modern in these modern times there are more because of because it's modern times a lot of mrs claus stuff is depicted in 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 movies and and made for tv movies and television shows it's mostly just though the, the problem is that because it's also a downside because it's also um, they're usually depicting her as the same type of person. She's just um, Santa's wife and she's good natured and red cheeked and mm-hmm. she's always at the house. Yep. She's taking <laughs> so, care of business. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's just Mrs. Claus there. It's like, all right. She's so, always a background character, never the main character. Yeah. So it's like it's it's got its uh, pros and cons to it. Mm-hmm. I I I challenge any creatives out there to make something with Mrs. Claus, in which she's not just cooking for Santa or taking care of the house yep. things or doing bookkeeping. Or bookkeeping. <laughs> Maybe she's got a side hustle. Um, oh God. <laughs> on a rare on a rare. Uh, depiction of her a boost mobile ad several years back had her having an affair with the snowman Mm -hmm. (laughs) while santa was away or at least she thought he was away and then he calls her a hoe twice (laughs) (laughs) oh santa oh he just watches from the window (laughs) doesn't that make you want to buy a a cell phone (laughs) (laughs) it's so stupid Pretty sure that's why that 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 commercial was very uh, um, faded in, in memory. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Lauren Mystique, I give it a three. Okay. So I think just because of the proximity of Santa, she gets thrown into the lore with him, but sometimes in different ways. Like that 1800s good housekeeping article. If Santa had shown up 
to berate kitchen designers about the layout of a kitchen of how the layout of a kitchen should be i i don't i don't know it doesn't have the same feel or like power behind it if santa had done that and i think <laughs> i think i feel that if santa had done that that would have been a really odd thing for santa to have done but mrs claus i think has this aura of respectability and maybe like regalness about her that i feel like she wouldn't put up with that shit and she would knock some heads in about it like she was. So, like, that's a cool little th- niche that she can fill. Overall, like, the the image that we have of Mrs. Claus today, the first images, to my knowledge, came from Thomas Nast, who was integral in the imagery of Santa uh, in the form that we know of, of him as today. Uh, very influential comic artist back in the day. So I think just with the all the lore that she gets stuffed in with Santa, I had to I landed on a four for lore and mystique. How about the cunning of, of Mrs. Claus? So Mrs. Claus, this is a diff, a difficult one because while she is humanoid and she is she's got intelligence clearly, but in terms of is this going to be controversial? <laughs> in terms of what she uses that intelligence for, it's, it doesn't really. I mean, there is a, a business savviness about her by telling Santa, "Don't give out food; give out toys instead." Um, she's she's the one, the bookkeeping, the bookkeeper. She's probably cooking the books. I don't know. <laughs> for, uh, who's checking the books? <laughs> is there a higher power that's like auditing them? <laughs> Who knows? I mean, why they are they? Keep... Why are they bookkeeping? <laughs> so many questions. Um, she she knows about kitchen interior design. In fact, we don't we don't really know what's going on behind that 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 noggin of hers. She's quite mysterious in that sense. I mean, what more can I say? She, she gets a four. <laughs> Had me worried for a moment. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she is even smarter than Santa in my book. It's all about the numbers. So she gets a four. How about then the pop culture of Ms. Claus? <laughs> well, the pop pop culture. I mean, this is a specific line in the Wikipedia entry. Just one sentence says, In 2018, there was an increasing demand for holiday appearances... Of Mrs. Claus as a standalone character separate from Santa Claus. I mean, I, I think that tells you all you need to know. But if you want more information, she's featured in several uh, written works. Uh, one called Mrs. Santa Claus by Penny Ives. There's lots of movies that feature her. Television roles. There are marketing campaigns. I mentioned the Boost Mobile ad. Uh, She's in music, at least in, mentioned in music, and apparently she even makes uh, appearances in in video games. Like what? I yeah, in in Saints Row Four. What? <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. How the Saints Saved Christmas DLC. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> and she appears in The Simpsons Tapped Out during a Christmas event. The Invasion Before Christmas. Kodos disguises herself as Mrs. Claus. I don't know if that counts as Mrs. Claus' appearance, but 
you know. How, isn't he the alien? Like yeah, yes, <laughs> Kodo Kang. <laughs> How would he just disguise himself as Mrs. Claus? Don't know. They didn't play the game. <laughs> I don't even know what it is. Um, but yeah, it's it's. I think for something that I guess what popped up in the 1800s, mm-hmm. it's because I guess because it's so associated with Santa, it just kind of they went with it, and. I mean, I guess it doesn't make sense because not many people talk about Santa's daughter. So why is Mrs. Claus so popular? It just happened. And, you know, yeah. that's that. We are living the Mrs. Claus renaissance right now. <laughs> yeah. The so, post-2018 renaissance. <laughs> yeah. So pop culture four. Mm-hmm. Uh, who do you think is more popular or maybe... Uh, name awareness Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer or Mrs. Claus oh boy you know and I I believe Rudolph is a Macy's creation I think I thought Rudolph was invented from for the song I think it was like a marketing thing wasn't it maybe I'm misremembering (laughs) well I don't I don't know I never learned the the history behind Rudolph but I thought it was just the the song that created it. But you know what? I think Mrs. Claus might be more pop. Maybe there was a time when Rudolph was more of a, mm-hmm. uh, uh, what's that word? Name in the home. <laughs> uh, household name. <laughs> name in the home. <laughs> Yes, but I think Mrs. Claus is that, surpassed that, that old idiom, the name in the home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm sticking with, with she's more popular than Rudolph mm-hmm. now. I, I think so. So uh, there's so much out there. I don't know if we have to really go into detail about this one, but there is, of course, there are tons of Mrs. Claus beers out there. Unfortunately, uh, many of them have sexual innuendo names, and I can't say that I'm surprised by that. So, uh, that's unfortunate, but I'm easily a four on impact on pop culture. So, where are you? <clears throat> Let me say that again because my voice broke. Where are you for the uh, your total for the rubric of power? My total is a 16.5. I, Angel, have a... Believe it or not, fact or fiction, a 19.85 as my (laughs) score for Mrs. Claus. Oh, 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 oh. Mrs. Claus in the rubric of power comes out to a 18.175. I think just coming a few steps under... Wow. Santa Claus remains in the shadow of Santa Claus again. <laughs> My goodness. Our highest scoring. Notice our highest scoring cryptids are always the, very similar to Santa. It's Santa, <laughs> Mrs. Claus, and Merlin. <laughs> oh, Merlin is maybe Santa Claus too. <laughs> Just off the mark. Yep. Yep. That's, uh,. I mean, when you associate them uh, yourself that closely with this 
you would expect to, to get a high score too. Yeah, just the proximity gives you the immortality. Yep. Goddamn. <laughs> Gotta hang out with Ben Franklin. You know, get that <laughs> juice. That yep. Santa juice through him. She's living out there at North Pole Complex with Ben and Leonardo and Teddy and so, King Arthur, Amelia. So if if Mrs. Claus for some reason divorces Santa and moves oh, away God. from the North does Pole, does she lose immortality? Does she, yeah. <laughs> does she lose all of those gifts? I mean, after 16 centuries, <laughs> do you do you get divorced or you just? Do you go on for another 16 more? <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe she's tired of Santa. I mean, we, we have those stories of her berating him. Maybe she's plotting his murder. That's how the Santa Claus came about. Well, his another, death wasn't accidental. Yeah. Po- she, did she work the numbers and calculate <laughs> this is the roof we can do it on? Yes. Um, another thing I thought of, you know, immortality. Most immortals are like perpetually in like 35 years years old or so why are mm-hmm. they actually old? old like that's why they get the short end of the immortality mantle maybe it maybe it's like vampirism where where they were old and then they got became immortal at that point or like uh kirsten Stu- uh uh kirsten dunce's character in interview with the vampire she's just like a child perpetually a child when you're yep. uh bitten as at that age yeah. yeah, what a bummer. <laughs> Got bitten with the mantle at the wrong time. <laughs> Which means they were quite old when they fled Fairyland then. If you lived in Fairyland, wouldn't that imply you should have magic already or live a long life? What was she doing in Fairyland? <laughs> Is she fae folk? So many questions. Creatives out there, I put the challenge out. <laughs> Give us a backstory, Mrs. Claus. I still want to know why they fled, and why uh, why she fled Fairyland. Why did, was she living there? Was there was their marriage like I can't think of the word. Was it um like looked down upon? Was it something that was not meant to be? Like their love was forbidden. <laughs> they they didn't want her marrying his kind. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> She was to be betrothed to another. Mm-hmm. Or she just stole so much shit. <laughs> so many artifacts that <laughs> they... Uh... all the artifacts in their home. <laughs> she's like, after they get married, she's like, honey, we gotta go. <laughs> They're after me. <laughs> like, I've been collecting these for years. <laughs> oh, honey, what is... What are these trinkets? <laughs> we gotta go. I, I got the, the sash made of sunshine. The music box made of rain. <laughs> They told me not to take the autumn paints, but I just had to. I killed the autumn painter. I killed him, Santa. <laughs> That's how it all unraveled. They found him dead. And they're like, wait, his paint's missing. And then they're like, wait, some we've noticed some things have gone missing throughout the years. Is this related? That's not paint, it's blood. <laughs> and then they fled. To now she- give gifts to all the children of Earth. <laughs> it's it's their way of laundering. Instead of money laundering, it's laundering they're, the gifts. They're getting rid of all the evidence. <laughs> Planting it in stockings around the world. That, that's why she wanted to go so bad. She's like, these yep. items are hot. I got some heat on me. <laughs> and that's why she said, oh, stop giving out food. We gotta get rid of these toys. 
she knows there's a reckoning coming soon. <laughs> Whoever owns the property is dead. <laughs> the prophecy will be fulfilled. Oh, man. We're on to you, Mrs. Claus. Mm-hmm. Or shall I say Layla? <laughs> A.K.A. Holly. Holly. <laughs> Out in the stable, warm and dry, the reindeer wait as the year goes by. For the morning sound across the floor of Mrs. Santa Claus at the door. And you, curiosity, shall be at the Twitter. (laughs) Sure. You send us any uh, uh, tweets at Cracking Curios. And include maybe a hashtag, Cracked Cryptids. And maybe possibly hashtag Eggnog Chuggers. Because yummy, <laughs> because it's that time of year where we're drinking eggnog and not milk. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, that little poem was an excerpt from Mrs. Santa Claus's Christmas Present by Alice S. Morris, and uh, better have been from the eighteen hundreds. I don't know, or else, or else it's not a good poem. <laughs> it's po- a much it's a much longer poem <laughs> poetry stopped being good post 1889 <laughs> once once poems stop rhyming they're no longer good <laughs> you can also follow us on instagram at cracking cryptids and you can send us messages there too you know did you know that yeah i bet you didn't and another way you guys can send us messages is crackingcryptidsandcurios at gmail.com. That's right. That's email. We don't have snail mail, so can't can't get us messages that way. But you can send all of your wishes to the North Pole. They will accept your snail mail. Do you think Mrs. Claus goes through all the mail, too? She, she, she's the bookkeeper, of course. <laughs> Um, you can find us on any uh, podcast platform of your choice. If you're listening to us, you're probably listening to to us from one right now. Go ahead and tell your friends. We got tweets every now and then. We want more of them. Give us all the tweets. We uh, uh, it's our sustenance. That that eggnog. <laughs> Those combined is all we live on. (laughs) And uh, as always, he sprang to his sleigh, to his tomb. What the hell? (laughs) Not his tomb. Someone's dead? Sleigh to his tomb? As always, he sprang to his sleigh, to his team, gave a whistle. And away they all flew like the down of a thistle but i heard him exclaim ere he drove out of sight happy christmas to all and to all a good night i thought you were gonna say a good toodles (laughs) i would never (laughs) ruin the poem with adding a toodles in there toodles
This has been an I am actually traveling back into time production. I don't know if you heard my joke earlier. Kind of implied Santa.